Worship in the World is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions while we strive to follow Christ with our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today. Child, oh, honey, child, let me tell you now, child. Oh, 
prayer, we're going to come in the form of a poem from the author Wendell Berry. Let us pray together. When despair grows in me, and I wake in the night at the least sound, in fear of what my life and my children's lives may be, I go and lie down where the wood drake rests in his beauty on the water, and the great heron feeds. I come into the peace of wild things who do not tax their lives with forethought of grief. I come into the presence of still water and feel above me the day-blind stars waiting for their light. For a time, I rest in the grace of the world and am free. Amen. Let us all rest in the grace of this world and rise and sing together our opening hymn. before Easter that we call Lent, we take a look under the hood in our spiritual life. We want to make sure that we are connected to our life source, to our creator, God. And we all realize that we've got things we need to work on. In this prayer of admission, 
It's when we admit that we need God and we need God's help. Pray with me. God, grant us grace for we have fallen from your dreams for us. We do not do the thing we want to do. We do the very thing we don't want to do. Forgive us and give us strength to be more like you. Jesus, we are saved from ourselves, from suffering, from sin. Beloved, receive the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven, which means we get to live at peace. Thanks be to God. At this time, I invite the family of Trey Parker forward for his baptism. This morning, Alex and Russell Parker present their son, Nelson Russell Parker III, a.k.a. Trey, to receive the sacrament of baptism. Today we boldly proclaim that Trey is a recipient of the covenant of grace. In baptism, God claims him as his own, welcoming him into this family of faith, a citizen in the kingdom of heaven. We are also encouraged because in no stage of life Are we ever truly separated from Christ and the bonds that we share with one another? Trey, may you always remember that you are not alone. Your parents, your church family, and most importantly, Jesus Christ is with you always. Hear now the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, just as he delivered to his disciples after his resurrection. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, 
and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you, for lo, I am with you always. By water and by the gift of the Holy Spirit, we are made members of the Church of Jesus Christ. We are joined in Christ's ministry of peace and love and justice. So let us remember with joy our own baptism as we celebrate the sacrament today. Alex and Russell, having heard these words, I ask you the following questions. Do you profess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Relying on God's grace, do you promise to live the Christian faith, to embody hearts of service and love, and to teach that faith to your child? I do. Now to the congregation, you could ask this question a lot, I know, but it means something. Do you, as members of the Church of Jesus Christ, promise to guide, support, and nurture Trey through words and actions, with love and with prayer? Will you encourage him to know and follow Christ and empower him to be a faithful member of the Church? If so, say we do. Let us pray. God, we know that this life is not always easy. To follow your son, to follow Christ, is to die alongside him. But to follow Christ is also to be resurrected with him. When the world seems hard to tray, when the church, his parents, his friends, and family mess up, we give thanks that you do not. We give thanks that your presence will not leave him, nor will it leave us. We thank you for this water of baptism. Let it seal your child and welcome him into your kingdom of undeserved love, radical grace, and abundant life. Amen. Got some joy in the house today. What is the Christian name of this child? Nelson Russell Parker. Nelson Russell Parker III. Trey, I baptize you in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Lord, uphold Trey by your Holy Spirit. Give him the spirit of kindness as he faces the issues of this world. The spirit of compassion towards all the strangers and friends he will meet. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. And the spirit of joy knowing that he is your image bearer called to shed his uniquely beautiful light unto this world. Amen. Friends, this is the greatest news. Trey has been received into the one holy Catholic and apostolic church through baptism. God has made him a member of the household of God to share with us the priesthood of all believers. So I encourage you during the holy interruption to come welcome Trey and his family the newly baptized as a child of God and our newest brother in Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Shout out to Dale for getting all that coffee ready for us this morning. Thank you, Dale. A few quick announcements uh, before we get into the word this morning. Our middle and high school youth are meeting right after worship from 11 to 1. We'll meet in Kemper Corner to play some games and talk about finding God in nature. Um, Kindness camp. It's another awesome thing. Uh, for six, five-year-olds through sixth grade, it's in June, June 20th through 24th. I encourage you to sign up. It's an awesome day camp where Trina and some other church folks will spend a week with your kids talking about God, about how to be kind, and about 
all sorts of awesome things. It's all in our program if you need to know more. So for our sermon series, now moving through the season of Lent, as Don was talking about, which began on Ash Wednesday, we begin with the quiet. And we begin with Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 6 and 16 through 21, which can be found in your program. Hear now God's word to us today. Jesus says, beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them. For then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be done in secret." And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and the street corners so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees you in secret will reward you. And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The word of God to us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Title of today's sermon is A Quiet Beginning. It was a quiet morning, June 24th, 2016. I awoke from a sleepless night and sat up on my cot. And I put my feet down in the foot of water that covered the floor of this old brick church in rural Appalachia. The 60 or so volunteers with the nonprofit I worked for accompanied by a dozen or so rural refugees, were still sleeping in the sanctuary upstairs, stretched out on pews, on bright red shag carpet, and a few moist air mattresses that they were able to grab before the floodwaters the day before swept them away. I stepped outside to find the sparse high ground and began walking until there was no more dry ground to stand on wading through knee-deep and waist-deep water, I headed down the few blocks through the now-flooded trailer park and made it to a point overlooking Main Street, Raynell, West Virginia. Raynell, the town that at one time, a, a century earlier, had the largest hardwood mill in the world. The town that had been left behind in many ways, struggling to put out the fires of poverty, 
of addiction, and of lack of economic growth. Raynell, the beautifully lush community with the Meadow River winding through it, the deep green hills and hollers of some of the oldest mountains in the world. It was the town of some of the kindest and most authentic people I had ever met. And it was the town where over 10 inches of rain fell in less than 24 hours, causing the thousand-year flood to come rolling down the mountain in June of 2016. With my boss on a day off trapped two counties away, I, a 21-year-old volunteer coordinator with the Appalachia Service Project, who had just happened to be assigned to Greenbrier County, was now the senior ranking official in the county of a nonprofit or operation in a devastated community. It was quiet on Main Street that morning. The National Guard and other first responders were still on their way, trying to account for the hundreds of communities just like that one that was waking up to destruction and loss. It was eerily still. Looking down at the broken glass storefronts, imagining the coal and lumber trucks just a day before bustling through this little one-stoplight town. And then, down this Main Street canal came drifting bright yellow and orange rafts with various whitewater rafting company logos printed on the side. Men and women in life jackets were calling out quietly, is there anyone in there? Can anyone hear me? going from building to building, looking for survivors held up in the attics of these shops and houses. Raynell would never forget that day. The lives lost, the homes destroyed, they would never forget. But they did recover. For the rest of the summer, we led volunteers in clearing out houses and gutting, soaks, paneling, and drywall. Hundreds of willing and able bodies came to help from all over the country. The, the only open restaurant in town, the Hardee's, became this weird interdenominational hub of activity, filled with Red Cross nurses and Mennonite workers and Baptist volunteers enjoying biscuits and coffee. Months later, the Appalachia Service Project uh, began building dozens of brand new homes for folks who lost everything in the flood. But the recovery of Raynell, the creation of something new within the ruin, began not with the noises of hammers, of saws, of crowbars, of dump trucks. It began in the quiet, with muffled paddle strokes of raft guides going door to door, listening for the lowest peep of a sound listening for someone trapped, crying out, I'm here, save me. There's something holy about quiet. I mean, words are great and all, I say that as a preacher, but they can be so cumbersome. Theologian Belden Lane agrees. He writes about his experience leading people into the desert 
into the stillness and quiet of the desert, saying, people worn out by cheap language have found themselves drawn to contemplation, moving beyond an excess of words to an emptiness where God is met in silence. We just finished a sermon series where Dawn and I unpacked Paul's letter to the church in Corinth. And the irony of how we use words to evangelize, to tell people about Jesus, but words can so often fail. They fail to convey a message entirely, and they can even cause destruction and division. So today we're trying to put away words for a second, with tasking ourselves with getting quiet. As we begin the season of Lent, modeled after the 40 days of Jesus in the wilderness, preparing the way for the cross, we will try to tap into the rhythm of creation. And for this rhythmic song, we begin with a rest. We begin in the quiet. And we begin specifically with these verses from Matthew where Jesus is giving detailed instructions on how to practice your faith, how to connect with God. And summarizing, he says something like this. He says, yes, I want you to pray honestly, offering all your pains and your joys to God, but don't make such a big affair about it. I don't care how many people know that you are praying He says, yes, I want you to give generously and faithfully to communities that you are a part of, but don't make it a competition like you people always do. God desires generous hearts, not the fattest or loudest jingling pockets. He says, yes, I want you to fast and to practice your faith in ways that remind you of me, but don't do it just so others can see you. When you do that, you're only deceiving yourself. Might Jesus be asking if we could make our faith a little quieter? And I pose that as a question because we now enter the important part of reading scripture when we ask ourselves, what else does the Bible say? Because when I say that, I immediately think of Jesus' commandment to go and baptize all people from all nations. Teach them to obey everything that I commanded you. The verse that Dawn just read when we baptized Trey. Or I think of the first Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came in a spirit of fire and everyone started blabbering in tongues about how great God is. Or Mary, having learned that she would bear Jesus, bear the Messiah, talks to Elizabeth and says, my soul magnifies the Lord. I think of Moses speaking directly to Pharaoh as a prophet of God, calling for the deliverance of the Hebrew people from slavery. So it's clear that the many books of the Bible shows that there is a time to sound the trumpets. There is a time to call out injustice, to praise God with all of our being, and a time to wave palm branches crying out, Hosanna, save us. But there's also a time to sit in the quiet. The Apostle James said it best in his letter calling for us to be quick to listen, slow to speak, 
and slow to anger. I'm a morning person. Late at night is not a time zone that I frequent at all. Past 8.30, I am useless. But catch me at 5.45 with eight hours under my belt and I'm a happy dude. I love the mornings because the world that often feels so loud is still. Before emails are read, texts sent, or before SpongeBob cackles his brutal laugh over my television, I get the chance to just be, to enjoy a cup of coffee with the sounds of birds outside, fellowshipping with God. My days begin best when they begin without noise. Rather than flipping immediately to Instagram or checking the weather or reading the latest shocking headline, I begin in the quiet, just me and God. Now quiet and my stepson Brooks are words that don't normally go together. He's an eight-year-old boy. He's a child of energy, of enthusiasm, of exuberance. And I love it. I love the joyful noise he brings to the world while playing basketball, while laughing around the dinner table, and while yelling chants in the dugout during a baseball game. But I also love the rare occasions where Brooks gets quiet. It usually occurs when he absorbs himself into an art project, drawing, coloring, laser-focused. This past week, it happened when he was working on a piece for a school assignment. For 15 or 20 minutes, which for an eight-year-old, that's like two days, he sat at the dinner table, voiceless, putting all his energy in creating something unique and beautiful to offer the world. He then walked into the living room to show us with a smile, and he says, look what I did. And he let his creation speak for itself. As Jesus asked us to let our faith speak for itself. While we begin this Lenten journey, we take a moment to listen to the words of Jesus from his most prolific sermon. Words that remind us that it's not about how loud we can be with our faith or how many people know our prayer schedule or how significant your Lenten practice is. It's about taking the time to strip ourselves of the noise and commune with the living God in the authenticity of stillness. Today, the journey begins in the quiet. It won't stay quiet. Shouts of alleluia will return, praises of joy, cries of lament, accusations, questions, crucifixions, and ultimately resurrection are all in store. But now, we can begin standing before God, stripped of cheap language and worn out platitudes to know God and know ourselves in the quiet.
We begin in the quiet, the quiet of a new morning, the quiet of a diligent artist hard at work, the quiet that breaks into the noisiness of our culture and forces us to listen, listening for God, listening to ourselves, and listening to the muted voice of the stranger crying out, I'm here. Thanks be to God. Amen.
Let us pray. God, we are mere humans. From dust we came, to dust we will return. And you, O oh God, you are our source of energy and life and healing. So we hand over to you, O oh Lord, the many, many ways we are stressed out. We hand over the systems and relationships that need a reboot. And we ask that you help us get quiet, enough to hear our heartbeat and the wind and you. We ask that you be with those among us who are struggling, finding labor, finding supplies, finding housing, finding you. Hear us as we pray together the prayer you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I invite you to stand now and to affirm what we believe using the words of the Apostles' Creed. Beloved, what do you believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. There are 
Amen. Friends, God is speaking all around us. All around us. Let's begin this Lent by getting quiet enough to listen. Love God, love people. And as you go out into the world, may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds until we meet again. Friends, go in peace. Amen. If you feel compelled to support the church financially, you can give a secure gift online at downtownchurch.me forward slash give.